Oh, do you want to teach them some mic etiquette? Oh, yeah. Mic sure. etiquette. I, I lick the mic and I... Exactly. Lick it all over. All right, yeah, I got you. <laughs> From here Just forth. anywhere, like, within, like, four inches of the... Yeah, we're going, on, we're going live in three, two, one. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Into the Light. We have two very special guests on here today. Um, Tanner and Jaden Stoll. Is that right? And... They are Aaron's BFFs, and so I'm going to let them him take it away and introduce them. And we also got Felix here, too. We can't forget yes, about Felix. Yeah, Fe Felix is the most important person here. You so might, you might dog, hear him. Yeah, I love him. Scattering. He's really warming my Pause. feet. I'm just gonna <laughs> <laughs> He's the best doggo. But yeah, we're so pumped to have on Tanner and Jaden today. Um, I guess just some background real quick. I've known Tanner now for almost six years. Which is kind of crazy. We are MTC companions. Um, the bromance is, it is oh. so palpable. You can just <laughs> feel it, yeah, yeah. When you've known someone for six it. years and you're not annoyed with them, you're pretty close. Wow. She's got a great point. Great point. <laughs> <laughs> Came into the MTC as a couple of punk high school kids and stayed, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> stayed, stayed punk high school kids throughout the mission. No, we ended up spending 14 months together, either in the same district or the same house oh, throughout no the whole mission. And wow. so, yeah, yeah I we're get annoyed with someone. If there's anybody that's not like a biological brother, that's a brother to me. It's Tanner. Oh, sure. yeah. feels good, man. Feels good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jaden is his beautiful wife. Thank you. That works at the Boys and Girls Club, right? Yes, I do. And what are you getting your degree in right now? Um, I'm studying human development, and then I'm getting a minor in French. Awesome. Yeah. And she served a mission in New Caledonia, Vanuatu, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, the Vanuatu mission, which yeah. is, uh. What island again did you say? So New Caledonia. South Pacific island? Yeah, is okay. an island in the South Pacific. Kind of by New Zealand, kind of by Fiji, somewhere over there, you know. <laughs> what did you, did you speak? I spoke French. Just yeah. French, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have a lot of like uh, tribal languages that they speak to, but yeah. French is like the one that everybody speaks. Makes so, sense. Yeah. And uh, Jaden is a Utah Utes fan. Yeah, go Utes. It's rough. It's <laughs> rough. <laughs> Tanner's been a manager for the BYU football team for how many years now? This was, I think, number four. Yeah. Four yeah, years. Fourth year. Four oh. years in a row. And, and they made it work. Finish? Yep. It's the last ride, last semester, so. Yeah, he oh, just okay. got accepted to Creighton yep. for mm -hmm. PT school. Yep. No way. Yep. I didn't know you were going to be a PT. It's me. I'm a doctor. <laughs> we're going to be a doctor. Wow. <laughs> That's actually really cool. He's legit. Also... Tanner just got called into his local bishopric, like, what, six months ago, five months ago? Back in July. July. Oh, it's been a while then, yeah. like seven, mm -hmm. eight months? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> and like... loving it. Loving Most it. Most of no, I'm just kidding, yeah. For <laughs> sure, for sure. We're loving it. They're Great awesome. Experience. But yeah, we're just going to have a conversation today about the Savior. Yeah, like this is going to be a lot more different than... Um, other episodes because we actually have something <laughs> we, are, we have prepared material and so just bear with us because this is new and the Go reason back. that we wanted to have tanner and jaded on is because well for one thing Tanner was a huge part of my own yeah. repentance process and go check out aaron's episode if we you kind of that. we kind of went through it together in a lot of ways i don't think i mean maybe i would have ended up going through all that without you but Without that friendship, I don't know if I would have ever, like, come out with everything. You know? I probably wouldn't have done the same with my <laughs> stuff, so. <laughs> yeah. And and we just had conversations over the last few years where, and Jaden, too. So we're going to talk about repentance and 
the process of repentance and how we can trust more in the Savior. And the love of God. The love of God. It's always in repentance. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to kick off with the first question. And you guys feel free to go as much into your own stories as you want. Or you can stay just kind of answering it from your own point of view, whatever you feel like is best. But what do you feel like was your understanding of the covenant path back when you were in junior high or high school? Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I can go first. Okay, boom. Um, for me, I just feel like it was kind of like this. Um, well, like you like picture the iron rod, right? And someone's like holding on to it. And I thought it was like you always had to like make the right choices. Like you couldn't make a mistake kind of thing. And I think that's definitely changed over time. My view of that has changed over mm-hmm. time. But yeah, as a junior high kid, especially, I was like, what the heck? How am I ever going to hold on to like keep to the covenant path? Because I make mistakes all the time. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with that. I think, so we both played sports. Me and Jaden both played sports, like, all growing up. And I feel like that kind of also gave the perspective of, yeah, you just don't mess up. And, because, yeah. Um, yeah, like, in sports, you mess up, your coach gets mad at you. And it, for whatever reason, that's kind of what it felt like for me, like, covenant path-wise. is just like, yeah, mess up, God's going to get mad at you. And obviously, he doesn't do that. But in my junior high, high school mind, I was like, oh, yeah, he's going to get so mad or my parents are going to get mad or I'm just going to get mad at myself. And yeah, so I just can't mess up. And then you mess up and then you get mad at yourself. And it was just kind of like that, you know, endless cycle of I can't mess up. Oh, I did. I won't do it again. I'm not going to mess up. Okay, I messed up. What do I do? And trying to figure out what it was and just not really understanding, I guess, what the process really is and kind of how God intends us to live here on earth. Yeah. So. And both of y'all grew up in Idaho, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so did you, you were probably around a lot of members, I would yeah. say. Yep. So would do you say that that was pretty common among your peers, like the people your age? That was very much how you lived the covenant path. Yeah, I would. I would say I would so. Say we so. had a so little little backstory for everybody out there, you know. So we, um, okay, I'm going to tell them the story because I have to tell them the story. <laughs> yeah, the story is great. It. Okay, <laughs> so we've got a shy Tanner walking into seventh grade. Um, Dude, scared. You were shy. I was so shy. He I love to talk now. School, Middle school. Is I love to talk now. <laughs> yeah. I love talking now. I'm shade. It gets bad. Um, but shy Tanner. I don't know how old that would have made me in seventh like grade. Twelve. Twelve year old Tanner. Yeah. Super super scared of girls. Walked into in Idaho. I don't think they have these in Utah. But in Idaho, there's like Y pods, like a multi stake um, mutual, mutual fireside yeah. activity. Yeah. Kind and of so thing. I had a buddy. His name's Derek. He's awesome. One of my best friends. And he was talking to like this. You know, like six or seven girls and i was like this is my chance <laughs> i'm gonna go talk to some girl why really it was just go like i'm gonna go walk into the circle and not talk but be like in the conversation it's Look gonna like be great Look like i was to talking girls. to girls and yeah. totally gonna boost my confidence it could be great <laughs> and right as i walked up Jaden was sitting next to Derek because they knew each other from from before um and right and Derek's taller than me by a little bit and so i walked up right next to Derek, and Derek must have said something stupid to Jaden because Right as I walked up, Jaden like went to slap him on the shoulder and like hit me in the face. Not like a hard <laughs> oh, slap. Oh snap! Not a hard slap. I did not think it that's was, where it was going. It was just like it was just like a tap, you know. No, like, it, bloody a nose. Bloody tap, you know. <laughs> I had a bloody nose. She was like, "I'm so sorry," and Still I was just like, uh, uh, I, "What do I say?" Uh. And then yeah, so that was the first time we met. So that was good, yeah. but. Long story short, had you to tell the story because it was awesome. I was smitten. I had no yeah, idea what to do. Yeah, you're like, a girl with that right much? There. Yep. <laughs> yep. I told my mom in eighth grade I was going to marry her, so that was good. So seventh no grade way. we met, eighth grade I told her I was going to marry her. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I, the reason I tell that story is just to kind of explain, like, background. Me and Jaden had a lot of the same friends, I feel like, oh, yeah. okay, similar friend groups. and um, Yeah, so I feel like, yeah, the whole idea of the covenant path, I feel like, was very, very similar for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? 
Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. Yeah. Pretty much same environment. And from what I'm hearing from you, it sounds like it came from a, a lot, like a big misunderstanding of the character of God, right? Yeah. How do you feel like you would describe your relationship with God back then? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think back then, like, yeah, I knew I was like supposed to pray. I knew I was supposed to build a relationship with God, but I just don't think I really knew how to do that. Like, I'd say prayers, but it'd be like, you know, in bed right before I was like about to go to sleep kind of thing or like before meals or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just don't think I knew how to actually talk to him and I didn't know how he talked to me. So I just don't feel like that there was that ability to have a real relationship with mm-hmm. him. It was kind of like I was making an effort and like obviously God was doing his part as well, but I just couldn't I couldn't read it and didn't have like the connection. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. I feel like that's pretty similar for me. Um just like yeah, I I know what well I knew that God loved me. I knew that I was supposed to love God and I did, but I definitely didn't do the in-between stuff to kind of bridge the gap, I guess, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. where, you know, he was coming, he was coming a long ways to get to me kind of thing. <laughs> and I was definitely not going the short way to get to him and kind of making it easy on him at all, for sure. And a lot, I think a lot of that was just, yeah, just not realizing that to me, that was important at the time. It was just like, oh, like I'm, I'll just do it this way and it'll work out, I'm sure. And like, just kind of, you know, kept going and trying to make it work and even though a lot of times it did not work and mm-hmm. just kind of yeah back to that cycle yep. when do y'all think your your relationship with god blossomed like i would assume your mission but was there anything before that or so yeah, maybe after i don't know yeah um i would say this is a little sappy little well maybe not sappy but cliche i guess i don't know when so me and jane dated on and off um throughout high school and we got back together like right before like we were gonna leave on our missions I had my mission call and Jaden had just got hers um and we got together like at the very end of school like once we graduated and everyone's like what are you guys doing that makes no sense like you're leaving you guys are about, yeah <laughs> you're about to leave like that's just stupid and in a way it probably was but anyways I feel like that was kind of where I like it kind of set the groundwork of like okay like I want to like I actually want to be with this girl after my mission like for forever hmm. and like I need to start figuring out kind of where I want to be with her I guess or how and Jaden's awesome. Like she's always been awesome. She, I, I definitely married up, and she was. It would, yeah. I was dating up then too, for sure. But um, <laughs> she's always been great. And so for me, it was kind of just like a. She's up here. She's like, she's she's working at this like a higher level than me in terms of like her her relationship with God. It was like kind of just a wake up call to be like, okay, like if I want to be with her, like where do I need to be, kind of thing. And not that I changed then exactly, but I feel like that kind of set the mindset. Very and much then, a motivation. Yeah definitely it's motivation it's great motivation i mean obviously <laughs> here we are but no. um and then i feel like that just kind of set the, the the foundation and then on my mission yeah me and aaron had some pretty cool experiences and just kind of being able to work through some stuff that i needed to take care of like with you know with jesus christ atonement being able to kind of like work through that with friends and stuff but i would say that that was kind of where like my mind shifted to that okay like not just you know if it happens it happens i'll be better and that relationship with god's gonna be stronger it's like no i'm gonna make my relationship with god stronger rather than just wait if that makes sense yeah i think for me it was probably like junior senior year of high school um i had kind of well okay background story i had planned to go to the university of utah for like my whole life (laughs) since like kindergarten like that was the plan that's what i was doing and then senior year when i was like you know hearing back from like colleges and like deciding where I was gonna go it just like didn't feel right and I was like what the heck this has been my plan like I've it felt so good about it my whole life 
And then I was like, okay, well, I guess God wants me to do something else, which I wasn't super happy about because I was like, I'm not going on a mission. Like ever since like forever, I was like, mission's not for me. I'm not going on a mission. And so I kind of had that mindset for a little bit. And then when I was still deciding colleges, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Utah State instead because that was kind of like my, mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah, backup plan kind of thing. And so I decided that, and that felt like so much better. And I just like felt like closer to God. I felt like that's like more of what he wanted me to do. But then as I like kept moving forward, I kept being like, there's still something missing, but <laughs> what's missing? And again, I kept having the feeling that I should go on a mission. And I was there was part of me that was just like, no, I said I wasn't going to go on a mission. That's not happening. <laughs> nice try, buddy. <laughs> but <laughs> finally, there, um, the Idol Falls Temple was being, um, what's it called? Renovated. Yeah, renovated yeah. our senior year. And I went with my mom and some other like ladies in my ward that are like my second moms um, to like clean the temple one of the nights because our stake was in charge of cleaning it. And like... Oh, didn't even like, go through a session or anything. I'd never, like, been in the temple besides, like, the baptistry, right? And it was just, like, this really cool, like, I just felt really close to him. And it, that was kind of, like, my moment where I was, like, okay, maybe I do need to go on a mission. <laughs> um, and so after that, I did decide to go on a mission and, like, started making, like, steps to, like, to be able to go on a mission and like you know coming closer to God and like actually learning who he was and like what that meant to me and stuff and then yeah I went on a mission I left like November after we graduated high school um just because my birthday was it worked out with my birthday um, because I was 19 yeah um and yeah then obviously like on my mission I feel like I learned a lot because I hadn't learned like a ton before that just because like my family's amazing and like I grew up in the church and stuff but I don't have like a lot of family members who served a mission so I just like I didn't even know anything about a mission I just had previously thought I was never gonna go on one (laughs) um but yeah so I just like did what I could um to like get closer to him and ended up going on a mission and then that was a big learning experience for me both like emotionally spiritually physically all of the different aspects yeah. but yeah <laughs> i love that i love that what do you feel like were some of the ways or some of the reasons why either you guys strayed from the covenant path when you were junior high or high school or you think that young people nowadays might well first off i was stupid and a lot of no i'm just kidding um <laughs> well i think some of it is just like the natural like as a teenager, I feel like it's just hard. Like teenage teenagers, they got it rough. Um, yeah, they, they like just, really do. just being honest, there's a lot going on, and I feel like it just gets worse and worse all the time, anyways. But um, I feel like a lot of it is just like kind of that covenant path idea of I don't know. I don't I don't know if I'd ever say I've, I'm rebellious, but it was kind of like oh, like don't mess up in my mind, and then it was like I messed up, so like oh well, I yeah, guess. I'm gonna keep yeah, the worst yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like I already I already messed up, so I you know I'm already you know I'm already in the hole. Might as well just. So, you know, enjoy the whole, I guess, <laughs> I guess, and, you know, in a way of like, yeah, shoot, no, for sure. I'm already here. So I would say, I don't know, probably that. And then just, yeah, my parents were awesome. Um, but yeah, not choosing to listen to them probably very much. And now looking yeah. back being like, yeah, they were, they were on it, you know, they were smart, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of similar for me. I think sometimes when someone tells me not to do something, it makes me want to do that <laughs> thing even more. Um, and so like, yeah, if I'm told like, not to but I shouldn't want to do this or something it just like makes me want to a little bit more I think also growing up in Idaho it's like 
well at least southeast idaho is kind of like a mini utah so like there's a lot of members and a lot of people in our church are in our school like were members of the church so they always like they knew what our standards were yeah. and so like there was a lot of judgment if you weren't like following those standards a lot and that like that i feel like that kind of really bugged me um, definitely bugged her it still bugs me i have thinking. a hard time with like church culture like yeah. that yeah it really bugs me but i feel like i i don't know i feel like i it would be the opposite i'd be like all y'all are following the standards i'm gonna be different and yeah you, you know yeah. i don't know you don't want to be quote-unquote too mormon no. right? yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yep yep yeah. can attest to that one that was definitely the out definitely yeah. had that feeling for sure <laughs> so you guys in the upcoming years you're obviously going to be having kids like raising kids how do you feel like you're going to teach them about the covenant path differently or how what, what would you be your personal philosophy about teaching someone this is one i feel like we've talked we we've, talked we've talked about, about this, a, this lot. a lot because i think if yeah i would have definitely saved myself and probably my parents and probably a lot of other people a lot of pain suffering and frustration and anger if i would have just kind of internalized what i was hearing more than just like you know kind of just following blindly and just yeah if i would have just learned for myself or decided for myself that i wanted to learn it um and so we me and jane have talked a lot about that um you can probably explain a little bit better but i think basically the one thing is just you know love is <laughs> just that's that's first and foremost i think the yeah. most important thing in teaching anything in this life mm -hmm. is just letting them know that they're loved like our future kids letting them know that they're special that they're loved and that regardless they could do anything and that we're still going to love them because i think sometimes i would put pressure on myself that oh if i you know i'm not loved because i do this or i'm not loved because i do that and not that my parents ever made me feel unloved but yeah i feel like that's something that we've talked a lot about about wanting to emphasize is just you know you could you could do a lot of really bad things or things that you know we might not agree with and we're still there for you because um, I, I think that's how god works i mean yeah, that is 100 exactly. how god works and that's something that I think has become super important to us and kind of how we view the gospel and view mm -hmm. teaching it to, to our future kids and yeah, and also living it, but you can yeah. probably explain that better. No, I think you did a good job explaining. I think um, another thing that's important with the love is like being genuine. So something yeah. that like I really appreciated that my mom did is she was like super open about like the mistakes she made in high school and stuff like not just high school, but like college and junior high, whatever, just her whole life and even like when like in the present kind of thing like when i was still a kid and she was making mistakes she would just share those with me so yeah. that like i could see that she was a human too and i didn't mm -hmm. like of course like i idolize my mom she's like a great example but like it was also like nice to see her as like a human who made mistakes and so like that's something that like me and tanner have talked about it's just like telling our kids like some of the mistakes we made in high school because yeah. there's a lot of, of them, them. Yep. <laughs> um but just being open with them and like um my mom was also really good so my biological dad passed away when i was six months old but he passed away from an overdose of mm -hmm. drugs um and so she was just always like super open about like how my dad struggled with that stuff um but also like instilled like faith and hope of like the plan of salvation which was like just like a cool way to like understand that you don't have to be perfect but like like there is still like a way for things to work out yeah. which was really cool so yeah i okay i have an off script question for you <laughs> because this is something i'm actually really curious about and something that i'm gonna have to deal with someday too <laughs> because tan and i have been through a lot of the same things specifically with like pornography addiction 
Say what you want about addiction. That's kind of a buzzword nowadays. But sexual addiction is a real thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ha- for you specifically, Tanner, when do you feel like, and you too, Jaden, actually. I want both your, your opinions on this. <laughs> okay. When do you feel like is a good time to have that conversation with your future kids? Because you can't avoid pornography yeah. nowadays, right? When is yeah. the right time for that? That, I mean, we've talked about that a lot as well. And I don't know if there is a good time. I think every kid's going to be different. I don't know if there's like a set like, oh, when they turn 10 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like it kind of relates to, to like, you know, like the classic, you know, birds and bees talk that all the parents are like, yeah, when you reach eight years old, you get that or, you know, 10 years old. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I just don't think you can put an age on it. Um, but I think, yeah, that's something we've talked about. Um, I've got a paper that I, I wrote down. I think Aaron does too. Just kind of, you know, details like experiences and kind of, yeah, just kind of like what we went through a little bit and that's something that I'm, I will probably keep and share that with them kind of when that time's when that time comes just to be like hey look I I understand exactly what you're going through and this yeah. is here you can read this is this is this is this was me you know rather than me just telling them because I feel like that's something that can be easily lectured on and not easily taken in um, but yeah I don't know if we've ever really said like a yeah a I'm kind age. of like a firm believer that there's not like a certain age that you need yeah. to learn certain things because like yeah that's not how God works, right? Like, he doesn't say, like, oh, when they turn 13, I'm going to, like, teach them this or uh. whatever. But I think it's just really important to, like, talk about, like, again, the being genuine with kids is just talk about, like, everything with them. And, like, I don't know, like, with, like, pornography and stuff, I think it's really important to, like, talk about sex even when they're, like, younger. And, like, you don't have to give them all the yeah. details yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Like, they don't need to know everything. But, like, using the right name for, like, body parts and things like that I think is really important because then it doesn't become such, like, a taboo, taboo. topic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Makes so it then it's, like, easier to learn about. they understand it. And then, obviously, they're going to be curious about it. And, like, I think curiosity is good. But if there's too much curiosity, then they're going to go to the Internet to, like, find out, like, what it is or go to their friends and then they're gonna like see everything and of course they're gonna be exposed to it anyways but like as long as if they know what it is and they know that like some things like need to be saved for marriage or like some things you shouldn't just like look at Mm -hmm. i think it will be a little bit easier to Mm -hmm. like resist those temptations not that there won't be temptations i was gonna say i feel like a key to like kind of what you guys said was creating an open space for your children to have those conversations. Cause I'm sure um, when each of us went through our struggles, it was like, I didn't want to tell my parents because I didn't want them to get mad at me or I didn't want to get in trouble or I didn't want my phone taken away, you know? But instead of having like a safe space where they could talk about those conversations, they could be like, well, dad, what do I do? Or like, why is this like this? You know, I feel like that is a way to, do exactly what you guys were saying. Like, be genuine. Be honest about your mistakes. But also, I think about it as... Think of, like, a perfect parent. And that's God. Yeah, and definitely. he's not going to not love you. Like, love and sin are not even in the same conversation. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> love is always exists and sin comes and goes. And I think that... I think that's beautiful what you guys said. Because all of that is like included in having a genuine conversation and an open house where you can have those conversations and ask those questions and being okay with the discomfort. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like (laughs) my siblings said the most out of pocket things. And I feel so bad for my parents because I'm like, what are you going to do? Like I look at them like, what are you going to do about that question? Yeah. 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 How are you going to go about that? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Cool. I think, 
I think we're going to dive a little bit deeper into repentance right now. Let's do it. Something that Tanner and I have talked about a lot is the new for strength of youth and how different the framing of the new for strength of youth is compared to the one that we grew up with. Right? Yeah. And the wording. Can we just highlight that? Oh, hundred percent highlighted. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, not so articulate. However, simple, however, and open. Yeah, yeah. Open. Okay. That's the thing. Right. Lord. So I guess my first question is, and this is one that I'm sure you've heard before, but for you both, with your own different repentance journeys, what's the difference between worldly sorrow and godly sorrow? Um, okay, yeah, I'll go with this one because I feel like, yeah, I had a whole heck of a lot of worldly sorrow all my life, and then I didn't really have godly sorrow until, like, the mission kind of, and, you know, like, after the mission, before the mission, kind of around that that range. Mm-hmm. And I feel like worldly sorrow, you just feel bad that you got caught. You feel bad that you're going to have consequences. You feel bad, you know. Yeah, you're, you're sad because you messed up, and you know you messed up, but you're not sad because you want to be better you're just kind of sad because something's gonna happen it's probably not gonna be very fun like kind of what you were saying earlier like yeah your phone gets taken away or you know yeah your parents get mad or and that's that's i don't know for me that was kind of my version of worldly sorrow at least and i feel like that was what i had all the time where it'd be like yeah um like especially with pornography it would be like oh yeah like i need to change but it's because i don't want to get my parents mad or i don't want to you know make them hurt or i don't want to you know get my phone taken away it was like yeah that's the reason reasoning behind the change rather than you know i want to change and i think that's the big for me at least that's the big difference between the two is godly sorrow you want to change you're sad and that sadness propels you to change rather than like the sadness propelling you to just like avoid i guess if that makes sense because i think worldly sorrow you just avoid whatever (laughs) whatever got you into that spot and godly sorrow you change to avoid not to avoid you change to like become a better person you change to become like a better version of yourself rather than just avoiding you know because avoiding at the end of the day yeah you can't avoid everything yeah yeah and so it's like even even through godly sorrow yeah you're still going to come up with it but if you can change and you know try to find ways to to battle against it rather than just avoid it i feel like that's a big 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 deal and i don't know that's kind of how i have always well not always i was gonna say yeah i can't say always understood it that's how i understand <laughs> it now <laughs> wish i understood it always it's all like about that, the motivation behind it right yeah, yeah. The can i your do a follow-up question so godly sorrow and worldly sorrow two very different ways of why you want to repent however what if somebody's in that process where they're they're sinning and they want to be the best version of themselves. They want to have godly sorrow. But sometimes they just can't get to that point. And I feel like that was a huge, like, just like thinking about Aaron's story. He was just kind of like, well, I want to get better. But it's kind of like, I, I don't know how, you know, I've tried, mm-hmm. I've tried and I tried and it's not there. So what would you say is like, kind of, you use the word catalyst and I'm going to take it. The catalyst yeah. <laughs> for starting that worldly sorrow process to godly sorrow. I think, is it okay if I jump in real quick? Absolutely. Because I love what you're pointing out here. I think it's a cycle at times. Yeah, Especially for sure. With it's not linear. Especially with or something like that, you'll go through a bad spot in your life and you'll feel that godly sorrow for a moment, yeah. Yeah. for a while. And over time, the shame takes over and it turns into worldly sorrow. No, I like that. that. I like that a lot. Case. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's pretty spot on, honestly. Because I think, yeah, I think it's very possible to like, feel like a fraction of both almost at the same time and especially kind of in those situations where it's just like you're kind of just circling circling and kind of going back to like the same sin or the same problem same struggle i think it's very very easy to kind of be like yeah i want to change and then you just it just keeps happening and yeah you still have a little bit of godly sorrow i think Mm -hmm. for sure there because yeah you're you're wanting to change and that's huge i think that's a big big deal um and 
I think for me, at least the catalyst for me, I guess would just be, would just be like understanding the gospel. If that makes sense. I know not everybody's kind of at that. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just understand the gospel. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I'm able to do stuff. It's like, and I don't think it works like that, but I think understanding the gospel and realizing like why the atonement's there, it's not there just because, you know, we all mess up. It's there because God loves us and we all mess up, you know, like that. And I think is crucial. Um, so I think the catalyst for me was just finally getting to that point where it's like, I not only was trying to understand the gospel, but I like wanted to understand the gospel. And that kind of led to that, like, instead of it being like 50, 50 godly worldly sorrow, mm-hmm. or, you know, sometimes 25% godly sorrow, the rest is all worldly sorrow and kind of that, like, yeah. you know, um, just kind of moving all around with the with the fractions there. Um, I feel like it then ended up being like 75-25 godly sorrow, right? And then, you know, 100% godly sorrow, like, okay, I really want to change it. It's because I understand why I need to change, and I understand that, like, God loves me regardless, mm-hmm. but I can, like, get closer to him if I change rather than if I just kind of stay in this circle. So I don't know if that really makes sense, but that, yeah. would, that would be kind of my answer. Kind of letting God prevail. Oh, wow. Boom. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what about for you? Yeah, I was going to say, Jaden, I feel like you have something good to say. Um, she always does. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just have two things to say. I think sometimes when we're talking about, like, worldly and godly sorrow, we kind of, like, compare them against each other. And, yes, they are two different things, but sometimes we always make worldly sorrow seem like this terrible thing and you yeah. shouldn't have oh, it. And it's, like, That's godly good. sorrow is, like, yes, all the way. And yes, godly sorrow is the goal, but like sometimes, like we talked about, like with the cycle, you do have to feel wor- worldly sorrow before you can feel godly you sorrow. You can fake it till you make it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I think it's important to know that like worldly sorrow is not a bad feeling to have, but you just need to like keep going to like be able to feel that godly sorrow. And I think the catalyst that like helps you feel that godly sorrow is yes, understanding the gospel, but also just like coming to know Jesus, mm. which is part of like understanding the gospel. But like, I don't know. Um, sometimes I, th- like, I really love the show, the chosen. Yes. Um, and I think that has helped me to like understand and see Jesus again as like a human. Yes. A perfect human, but like he was still a person. He still probably joked with people. He's yeah. still probably like made people feel loved in like, the way that they needed it and not just the way that we read about it in the scriptures. Cause sometimes the scriptures just seem so like, Oh, he did this and this and this, Linear. and that's great and yeah. wonderful. And I know he made them feel loved, but it's really cool to see, like to come to know him as a person yeah. and that, like he would know what I need kind of thing. And so I think that helps, that helps me. <laughs> I love it. Cause Christ lives. Yeah. He's yeah. the head of this church, meaning things change. He makes you, through the repentance process, it's such a, it's such an up and down thing. Like mm-hmm. I want to repent. It's like I don't really care because it's a lot of work. You know? <laughs> yeah. like, there's just like this huge range of like mm-hmm. what perfection is and where we are, and we're definitely not even close. Yeah. And yeah. that's why grace is so beautiful because mm-hmm. that's what's gonna get us there mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. And yeah. No, I think y'all hit the nail on the head. The catalyst for repentance, my personal belief, the catalyst for repentance is knowing Jesus. I think knowing the gospel, like what you said, mm-hmm. Christ's character is the root of the gospel. Yeah. yeah. So as you come to know Jesus more, you come to know the gospel more. Yeah. In Relief Society today, we talked about doctrine, and it was from our bishopric who told us that um, we kind of need to un- we need to help our Sundays be doctrine focused, right? And so at the end, I made these, like, comments of, like, 
why do we get like why do we need to understand the doctrine fully like yes it will change behavior it will change attitudes however the doctrine understood is the gospel and it's something that nobody else on this earth has except the members of this church and the doctrine is how we get through life in order to get the spirit in order to continue our daily lives and aid what we do every day you know school work pt school having children how are you gonna have that conversation (laughs) how are you gonna open those spaces like that is the gospel from the doctrine and so if we separate those two and we separate the doctrine from who Christ is, we're missing the mark completely. Exactly. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Christ is the doctrine. Um, let's move on. I have a quote from Did we Elder. Did answer your fourth strength, the youth question? Well, I that's, think so. That's the next one. That's, that's what we're talking about <laughs> right now. He's like, I got you. I got you. <laughs> so I pulled a quote from Elder Uchtdorf's talk from last conference where he introduced the first strength of youth. Okay. And in it he says, it's also important to know what the first strength of youth does not do. It doesn't make decisions for you. It doesn't give you a yes or a no about every choice you might ever face. For the strength of youth focuses on the foundation for your choices. It focuses on values, principles, and doctrine instead of every specific behavior. So I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts about that. But my specific question is, why is the departure from specific pharisaical yeses and nos important for gospel maturity and repentance yeah he's going deep (laughs) um well this is another one we've talked about a lot because um i feel like it's important to both of us but especially to Jaden. um this is something i think that really rings true with her on like the shift kind of i don't know if you'd call it a shift but kind of that that lean towards yeah you need to know what you believe rather than just being told yes or no and i think Mm. I think it's awesome. I think it's super good because, yeah, all growing up, I think that was the problem I had with just life in general is, like, I messed up a lot, and it always felt like I'm doing a lot of the, you know, opposite of what I was supposed to be doing, and not all of it was, like, crazy bad, but it's like, yeah, all the yeses, I was doing the noes, and the noes, I was the yeses, and mm-hmm. it just kind of felt like almost like I was a little bit of a failure in my mind, and that was that was definitely me <laughs> making a lot of that in my head, but it was, it was a lot of it, I feel like, is from those types of values and kind of things where it was like you just do this and you don't do that and it's like well life is not you do this and you don't do that life is you know you try to do this and sometimes you're gonna fall short and so then you do this usually to tell me yada 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 but i think it's super super important just to realize that like this the 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 wording um yeah highlight the wording again boom the wording is awesome and i feel like the wording just allows you to like show what you believe i guess in that in that sense rather than just believe because somebody told you to it's like you know if you if you are super passionate about it, sure, sounds great. Follow yeah. it. But if you're not, you got to figure out if you believe in it or not before you're just like, yeah, I'll just do this or not do that. But Jaden's got a lot of good stuff on this because, like I said, <laughs> we have talked a lot. So Yeah, I just think the new for, for Strength of Youth is, like, just a really cool way of making the gospel more personable mm. and just making it, like, okay, I can know Jesus. I can understand the gospel. And with those that, I can make my own choices rather than, like, being told what I can yeah. and can't do. Um, and, again, we were watching The Chosen a few weeks ago, and we were talking about how, like, I don't even remember what episode we were watching, but they were talking about um, the Law of Moses and how, like, Christ came to finish the Law of Moses and give a new law, right? And I was kind of like, we had just had a lesson about the first strength of youth in the ward that we we're in right now. And I was kind of thinking about how, like, the Law of Moses is, like, so strict about, like, you can't do this on the Sabbath and like it has like all of these rules 
And then, like, when Christ came, he changed it. And it's like, just do good on Sundays, you know? Like, yeah. things like that. And I feel like the first strength of youth is kind of really similar to that, where, like, the old one was like, don't do this, do this, don't do this, whatever. And the mm. new one's just like, here's the doctrine, here's what you know. Take that and do what you want with yeah. it, kind of thing. And it's not do what you want with it. I guess that's not a good way to put it. But, like, but you get to interpret that how it works for you. And I think that that is really beneficial for like a global church of mm-hmm. just like, cause just cause there's so many cultures in, in the yeah. church that like, it's just like a really cool way to be able to like, let everyone be included and understand the gospel for themselves. And I think it just like, it gives the opportunity to like strengthen someone's testimony and be like, I don't do this mm-hmm. because I believe it, not because some book told me not to yeah. do it. Yeah. That's something that got brought up in the lesson yeah. a couple of weeks ago that Jane was talking about is just, yeah, it totally gives you the opportunity to say, yeah, to kind of finish that sentence out of, I don't do this because, you know, I don't drink coffee because of this, or maybe, you know, I don't, I don't drink alcohol because of this. And it's not just, I don't do it because my church doesn't do it. It's like, no, I don't do it because I believe, you know, ABC. And I, I think that just, it allows us to grow. <laughs> yeah. You know, we can't grow. I feel like even close to as well, if we're just saying, oh, I just don't do it because my church does it. It's like, well, I mean, I guess that's good, you know, in a way, but it's mm-hmm. it's so much more powerful when it's you don't do it because you believe that there's a reason behind it, I guess. And mm-hmm. I think, it, yeah, it just helps us all to have a, like, it gives you the opportunity to have, like, a legitimate testimony about what you're doing and not doing rather than just being told, don't do this, do this. And mm-hmm. I think it's a big game changer for a lot of us. So, I think one for me, um, like, growing up, that was, like, actually came from my heart rather than like just being like told not to do something (laughs) um was just like drugs and alcohol and like yeah obviously sometimes it just kind of seems obvious like oh you wouldn't do that but as i was when you're a high schooler your brain is not developed (laughs) (laughs) um but like i was saying earlier my biological dad passed away from um a drug overdose and so for me it was like really personal to like Mm-hmm. not want to do that like it wasn't just because like i was told not to do that or because yeah. i took the dare program in sixth grade or anything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just because like for me that those choices that my dad had made really affected my whole yeah. life and like my family's life um and so like yeah just for me that like gave me that like oh i'm never gonna do this because i see like the negative impacts of it mm. um and so i just think for me that one was like pretty strong even though there was yeses and nos of like things to do and not to do but i think the new for strength of youth gives the opportunity with all of the different standards Mm -hmm. yeah yeah forces you to take responsibility right in the old for strength of youth you're like i'm not doing this because this specifically says i'm not going to date till i'm 16 right yeah turn the church into a cop-out for sure i'm not gonna passionately kiss i'm not gonna do whatever and then when you're not doing those things and it's not working out for you in your life or you're not seeing the quote-unquote blessings that you want to mm-hmm. you blame you blame you're like i'm doing this thing. yeah you said it man. can yeah. i um so i was just listening to a podcast me and aaron are podcast junkies hey. um but he he makes this um analogy of sin being a hole in someone's backyard and it's like you don't want a hole in your backyard because you don't want your kids to fall in it and get hurt or something like that right so you build this fence around that hole just so that no one falls in it right mm-hmm. and he's saying that the hole is very much like sin and the fence around it is things that we 
put up a, so that we don't even get close to the sin. So we don't fall in the hole and get in trouble, right? And I feel like the new for strength of you, like what you guys were saying, like with drugs and alcohol, that's the sin, right? Yeah. But you don't even get close to it. You don't even go to a bar mm-hmm. in order to get to the drugs and alcohol. You don't even be around it when people have it because you don't even want to get close to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we have, and you probably built up so many fences because you're like, that hole is not getting me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But and I and I feel like that's how but those fences are individual. And I think I think sometimes parents in the church make those fences for us instead of us making the fences for ourselves. Okay, so this episode was so good that we had to split it up into two parts. So this is the end of part one. We kind of wanted to make it into two different digestible pieces because of how much we talked about with Tanner and Jaden. We love you all so much and we'll catch you for part two next week.